welcome to my podcast which is all about changing your business and money reality this is your master money coach dr gaurav dekha and you are money hello my friends how have you been you know there's a reason why yesterday was wednesday and today is thursday and i know that i release my podcast episodes on wednesdays and the last week uh, i was traveling i'll i'll come to that later but then there's a reason why the episode wasn't published yesterday so i came back from a journey on tuesday evening and i thought that okay i'm going to record early morning my podcast episode 25 and and then publish it but that did not happen because not only did i try multiple times to record the episode i just didn't feel up to it something was there inside me um that didn't allow me to come in my most authentic most real version to all of you i couldn't speak the things that i that i knew that i wanted to speak which means that somehow i couldn't reach my authentic self and therefore i wasn't able to be in 100% service to all of you my listeners because i can be in 100% service only when i am my real self right when i am my honest self and i wasn't of course i'm a human being <laughs> and therefore because i am i was not able to be 100% in service i was also not bringing the value that i knew i could bring now this is not a question about perfection that i have to be perfect in order to bring value in fact it is about being my truest self if i would have tried really hard and brought the episode to all of you then maybe i would have just tried to be perfect you know perfect person who only delivers on wednesdays you know doesn't miss a wednesday you know there can be no perfection <laughs> so no no imperfection you know this person can't miss a week they are so consistent they are so disciplined they are so ordered all these kinds of words that describe the you know uh the kind of person who doesn't fail the kind of person who um doesn't miss a day in a week the kind of person who is almost non human and has the functionality of a machine right hmm i'm sipping my green tea along <laughs> so so that's the reason i thought of coming you know with this episode today and it's called um it has a strange name it's called the vast triangle v a s triangle and vast i'll come to it again you know later but vast means v for value a for authenticity s for service as i gave the example from my story so what happened was i was traveling and traveling and moving around and firstly you know last week i i took a long long break and atips had started and when it started i really felt that i needed more and more space to think in a certain way to have a lot of uh, vastness inside me 
to uh, reach my thoughts, to reach my real feelings. So what I did is I checked into a hotel and spent my entire weekend there last, last week. That is when, during the, that time, while I was preparing for my second coaching call, I guess, I realized that, you know, for my body to have access to thoughts that I would like to bring out into this world, these thoughts, you know, when put into action, for example, thinking and making the notes on the points that I want to cover for this particular episode, these kind of thoughts that basically create value for my audience. I realized over and over again uh, that to access these thoughts, to um, think them, to put them in words, I really need a lot of space inside my body. A lot of it. Okay. And often... Um, the experience of this space creation inside my body finds expression and is experienced via creation of physical spaces. That's the, that's the reason I end up taking like really big hotel rooms to think. <laughs> I know this is very funny and very strange, but you know, I literally take huge hotel rooms sometimes sweets, because I just want to look into the vast spaces and then I must have a window that overlooks some kind of garden or I always take a garden view so that I can allow my body to open up and ask my body, that body, what would you like to wonder? What would you like to imagine? What would you like to think? Okay. So I love taking breaks from my work. That's why. Um, even in the morning, every single morning, I spend a good one hour at a park nearby looking at an Alstonia tree, beautiful smell, and breathing in the vast expanse of the landscape. And towards afternoon also, again, I create space, you know, <laughs> I, I switch off my laptop by uh, 1 p.m. And at 2 p.m., I'm at the gym. And now what I've started doing is I've also started leaving my phone behind at home. So that my body is actively involved in space creation because I know when I'm exercising, I'm actually moving all my parts and again, space is created inside my body. And at night as well, I must have my candles nearby. I do get a lot of candles for myself. And incidentally, people, know, people who know me closely also send me a lot of candles as gifts because they know that I use candles at night. And I don't like to have a lot of furniture in my uh, living space so that, um, again, I can just stare into the vast space and feel that I'm expanded to create things inside that space. And the things that I create are, of course, my thoughts until I bring them out in the form of this podcast, in my coaching calls, in my Substack newsletters, um, everywhere that I am speaking and engaging with my audience. And this is basically the reason why I do take a lot of breaks. And even last week, um, I took a break. I went home. I went to Guwahati to meet my parents for Diwali. And once again, people inside ATIPS were stunned and overjoyed because I did my coaching calls from all those places. And, uh, and these kind of insights come to me and the people who are inside ATIPS experience this transformation 
because only when I have a lot of space inside me, only when my thinking is lean and clean and clear, only then I can offer that space to my clients inside ATIPS. If I don't have space inside me, I cannot offer a space or I cannot offer, you know, um, a safe space even to them because I don't have space inside me. I am chaotic. I have a lot of information going inside me. My brain is processing so much. My body is in flight and fight mode. There is a lot of aches and pains that I'm experiencing because of, let's say, overwork or overprocessing or, you know, uh, overconsuming social media or um, even overreading and overtraining myself. So on most ATEPS calls, which is on Saturdays, you know, I get up early morning and then I just declare that I will just not do anything. <laughs> And I take a pen and paper, uh, often I have a copy with myself, and I just bring out all my thoughts. And I don't, again, you know, uh, try to find out which thoughts are important, which thoughts are not. I just open up the closet of my thoughts, and I let that flood move out. You can think of a closet which is filled up with clothes. So so many you know dresses and clothes and then you open it and suddenly all of that falls on your face <laughs> so i i do that you know on saturday morning that i tell myself that okay fine i really want to empty my head and after emptying i'm just not going to consume i'm going into a fast okay so this is intermittent fasting till 5 p.m when eight it's called begins and nothing is going to go into my brain belly and nothing is going to go to my brain belly that I will consume. So early morning, I'll just open up that whole, you know, fucking closet and, you know, let all those thoughts roll out like cloths from the, from the closet. And after that, I just don't consume, right? And because I intentionally create these spaces inside me, therefore, I'm able to provide and hold space for so many people who are inside ATEPS. People ask me, you know, Gaurav, how do you work with so many people at one given moment of time? There are fellow coaches and, you know, fellow therapists, and they think of doing programs and containers where they want to have, let's say, 20 people, 25 people. And that, that gets overwhelming for them. Because they say that, oh, I don't know how in one evening, in two hours, I'm going to work with 20, 25 people, you know, and in ATEPS, we right now have 50 plus people. And they ask me that, how do you do that? And how do you plan to uh, have more people? Because within one or two months, we will cross 100 people inside ATEPS. And I'm sure about it because of the number of inquiries that are coming, people who are opting for EMI options and, you know, coming in, people who are making calls to be inside ATIPS. I know by December we are going to have more than 100 people. So my colleagues ask me, how do you plan to manage that? And I say that by space creation. Because if I do not allow myself to experience the space inside me, I will not be able to provide that to my audience and to my clients, which means I will not be in 100% service. And because I will not be in 100% service, I will not be able to bring value to these people, right? So even in Guwahati, you know, most of my day was 
spent in staring out of the window and making notes on the deliberate thought building process that I teach inside ATEPS. I do it for myself. And uh, yeah, I just allowed myself to celebrate Diwali. And initially the weather was a little warm and humid and then it turned monsoonish. Although it's not the time for monsoon, but then it started raining and beautiful wind. And my body opened up even further. <laughs> so I decided that I am going to immerse myself in reading my friend Janice Parriott's breathtaking novel. It's called Everything the Light Touches. Such a beautiful title, isn't it? I really love the title, Everything the Light Touches. This is one book that is literally written. Guys, if you, you know, today is the day when the book has come out. Today is Thursday. And um, if you haven't ordered yet, or if you haven't heard about it yet, please go ahead and buy, you know, place an order on Amazon. Because this is one book that is literally written for space creation inside your body. It basically opens you up to the mysteries and the healing experiences of being a part of the natural world, which is the plant kingdom. And how, you know, the plant kingdom and the plant life shapes our idea of connection, lightness, and a sense of collective bonding in the complex matrix of life forms we live with. We don't realize that we actually spend our life with these complex forms that we often do not give attention to, often do not notice plant life. So as I read the book, I was more and more convinced and enlightened at the same time that part thinking, P-A-R-T, part thinking, the kind of thinking we often do in medical science when the heart is something separate from the brain that needs a different department, different treatment. You know, the stomach is far away from the nose and, you know, the medicine department is different from the ENT department. So there is this part recognition and part treatment. And also, you know, how in medicine, we see the ailments of the mind belong to a different realm and the body has no role to play. There is a separation. So in modern medicine, we have no scope or you know, space to um, open up for things like childhood trauma or grief of losing one's partner. And hence, it is, it is fragmented. The idea of symptoms, uh, recognizing them, treating them is so uh, fragmented. And this is the kind of thinking that actually fragments the world. This is what prevents us from embracing the whole world as a whole. And it continues to force us to believe that by the process of segregation and fragmentation, we will somehow have an answer. But this is exactly the kind of thought Janice challenges in her book. This is exactly the kind of idea she questions, you know, and so do I. Because my body, even when it is made up of different parts, is an entity, is a super organism is a mega collective in itself. Something that has desires and will of its own. Something that is way greater than the sum of its parts. Something that perceives not just tangible food and nutrients and sex, but things that cannot be touched or quantified like space, like value, like authenticity, like wonder or gratitude, like light. As Janice says, everything the light touches. And 
we may not be able to empirically rate these experiences or have a meter or a quantitative analysis or to measure them. But this is exactly what becomes the final cornerstone of our business. How? Like, like how I see space creation, which is something so abstract, isn't it? Space creation inside my body. I see it as a non-negotiable essential in creating thoughts and feeling inside my body that will help me bring value to my people and eventually scale my business. Okay? Think of that for a moment. I'll give you an example. I and my partner went to Krabi earlier this year and we stayed at a place called Chelsea Resort. And it was in the outskirts, but not in the Krabi main town. And till far, far away, we couldn't find a decent restaurant, a place to eat. Uh, also, we were really bored of the food in Chelsea. <laughs> so we decided to explore and see if there are, you know, small restaurants nearby or small places where we could eat some local food as well, Thai food. And we just couldn't find any. So we just kept walking and walking. It was around five in the evening. There was still daylight. And then we stumbled upon this place um, close to Chelsea, actually. It was called Godle, G-O-D-L-E, Godle. And there was a mud wall. And on the mud wall, it was written with white paint Godle restaurant. And then we thought that, okay, is it a restaurant? Is it a place where we can eat? So we went inside and there was this lady who was sitting on like a bamboo chair and she had a small kitchenette nearby and, um, and we knew that, oh, food is being cooked. So let's go ahead. And then she ushered us in. She smiled. She received us so joyfully. She was so excited to have people in her, in her place, you know, at her place, um, and then we went to a small little room, kind, it, it was like a half room. And there were bamboo walls all around and you could see the sea in front of you. And there was banana plant and all around and coconut plants all around. So we sat there and then she gave us a menu and then we ordered and we had the most delicious food. I don't know how she cooked it. It was so amazing. I, I don't think I have had that kind of Thai food, even in Bangkok, even in a restaurant, which is, let's say, in, on the main street. And after we had finished food, she got us some fruit salad, which was a lot of banana, then apples and dragon fruit and um, mango. Uh, not mango. Mango came, comes later. I'll tell you about the mango story, actually. <laughs> so it was a lot of dragon fruit, I think. And also some cust uh, you know, custard apple, I guess. And, um, and we were amazed, you know, we ate all of that fruit salad and uh, we paid for the food and we also wanted to pay for the, fru uh, for the fruit salad because of course it came and, you know, we didn't think that uh, it was not a part of the deal, but then she refused to take money for the fruit salad. And then we kept trying to give her and then she kept refusing. And finally, we had to leave. We had to go back to our room in the hotel. And I and my partner, we just wondered how beautiful this experience was. We saw her smiling face, this lady. And then we thought that how joyful she is, how 
uh, excited she is to cook for us. She's not bothered about whether um, the people who she's offering to will enjoy it or not, or uh, she's not bothered whether she's going to make money out of it or not. She's not bothered whether her restaurant will be well known by people because, well, she hasn't publicized it. And I mean, there is no avenue for her to publicize it. It's not on social media. It's not on Google anywhere. She is just experiencing the fun and joy of her authentic self, which is she loves to cook. She loves to offer. She loves to bring forward her generosity. You know, she loves to smile. She loves to. So when we went the next day, she also showed around her garden, you know, her fruit garden, you know, of all the different trees and plants. And we were amazed at the way she served. And she could do that kind of service, not because she wanted to please us. She could do that service because she was in her truth. Her truth was to cook for the people who came. And it did not matter how many people came. And it did not matter if people really found out her place uh, by stumbling upon it, by uh, talking to some people. Because of course, again, as, as I said, that she was not on Google or on social media. She was not bothered how people would find her. She was bothered about how do I just enjoy when people come? How do I bring that joy to my clients? And she could be in 100% service because she was in 100% service to her real authentic self. And so on the last day, you know, uh, the second last day we went and then I wanted to have mango sticky rice because I just love mango sticky rice. <laughs> so even when we went to Riley Island, you know, uh, the only thing I ate was mango sticky rice, you know, morning, afternoon, evening. And there also, I just said that, oh, if I can have mango sticky rice and she didn't have that. And we was like, absolutely. Okay. No problem. Give us something else. And then she said that, okay, tomorrow is your last day. And she didn't speak English. She spoke Thai, but we understood. And, and then she said that come back the next day. That was our last day. So we went back the last day. It was a little bit of sadness, you know, because she was very sad to see us leave. And so we hugged, we took photographs. And at the end of the whole meal, there was mango sticky rice. Now, I still have tears in my eyes when I think of that, you know, how she had brought mango from the, from the market she had sent, uh, you know, her son. And she cooked and she made sure that she could offer us something we loved and she could do it because she just loved doing that for her people and even then she refused the money for the mango sticky rice because that's what she thought was her gift to us she took the money for the food but not for that and again we kept on imploring her to take and she didn't and on our way back we just wondered how lucky we are, how fortunate we were to find someone who was so abundant, way more abundant than me. You know, I may have money. I may have, you know, I may be traveling business class to and fro. I may be, you know, I can afford the best of food anywhere I want, but I cannot imagine the kind of generosity that this woman had and she had it because of the joy she felt within her heart her authentic self 
is to be this real person who enjoys cooking for her people and it and it doesn't matter right who ends up being there who finds that place how do they find that place it doesn't matter so what i did is i took a lot of photographs we ordered a lot of food we took photographs of all those food and um i put them up on google um uh, and and i made a whole review of of her restaurant and you know what happened um just two weeks back before i left to guwahati there was um i mean i got a i got a notification on my email and it showed that you know the pictures in my review had had 5000 views okay so my review have has had 5000 views which means that 5000 people perhaps you know even if you make it half like 2500 people people have visited that page and have gone to that place people have searched for that place specifically because there are no other place nearby so if they have if there are 5000 views which means that people have encountered that place and have gone to that place and have eaten there and my heart was filled with i cannot tell you the kind of it is a mix of gratitude and joy and ecstasy to just know that people have gone there to just know that people have experienced that kind of value to just know that she could you know enjoy so much more by serving those people because that's what she loves you know that the restaurant is flourishing is blooming and then there are i could just imagine um i, I could just deliberately think there are hordes and hordes of people sitting there under the bamboo roof looking across to the sea and enjoying the fruit salad and the thai food it just brought me so much of joy right so this is something i always talk about inside atips that when you create value you have to see and examine where is the creation of that value coming from because if you are a coach or if you are a healer you are certainly in service of your clients these clients that you serve you can only be in 100% service when you really love doing that right like yesterday i couldn't bring myself to that love so i couldn't record right so i'm doing it today when when i am able to offer my love that lady she's not bothered about who pays or who doesn't pay her who finds or who doesn't find her she is bothered about the love that she has inside her to offer right so that's why i say that these clients that you serve you can only be in 100% service when you really love doing that when that is the only thing you will do when even if you aren't paid even if you aren't making money right what will be the driving force behind this kind of service the driving force is actually authenticity who you really are because you cannot love from a space of pretension you cannot love from a space of shame you cannot love from a space of resentment you cannot love from a space of insecurity that what if i make this offer and no one takes it up so my audience does not like me no one is going to come to me no one is going to pay me you cannot love from that space right 
For example, back in medical college, when I would think that because of the influence of my teachers, peers, and parents, that I must become a neurologist, right? <laughs> and, and then I would like to be a clinical practitioner in that field. It, all of this, you know, thoughts were a, a result of the influences around. And today I look back and wonder that, you know, I could never enjoy seeing patients and working with them, you know, separate from their symptoms and looking only at their uh, nervous systems and, and just providing them medicine or surgery. I couldn't work with my people like that because that's not who I am. That's not how I enjoy the work. So even if I might be treating people and offering them the best of treatment, something i mean i am not that person this is not my authentic self like so i i just realized that i could never enjoy seeing patients and working with them seeing them as separate from their symptoms looking at their illness without the collective history of their experience and simply relying on medicine or surgery to alleviate their pain so when I found trauma work and regression and constellation work, I realized that this is what my lens is. This is what I really love. This is what defines a huge part of me. This is something I can do 24-7. And I don't give a fuck whether I make money out of it or not. This is how I would like to be in service to my people. And it doesn't matter whether I, again, I got paid or not, whether I made the amount of money that I made today. This is my true self where people told me their stories, where history and biology was not separate from each other. I could explore people's physiology by calling in their soul in the field of constellation. I could indulge in knowing them fully and then dig deep into their emotional landscape. These are methods that I also use inside ATEPS because that's what I love doing. That's how I like working with people. I like to go deeper and unearth everything that is not letting them be their 100% self. So I realized that I was an explorer of feelings. I loved flowers and plants and birds and clouds. And I knew that they affect, shape and change the human body and the human experience. And all of these desires, the simple desire was covered by a thick veil of shame. That's why I told myself that, no, 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 I have to be a neurologist, right? So I couldn't speak of things that I loved. Just like I couldn't speak my truth of being a queer man that I'm a man who loved men, I couldn't speak about it. A child who loved collecting leaves on his way to school, someone who loved cooking and cleaning the house, someone who loved to weep, watching paintings and reading poetry, someone who found the greatest comfort listening to stories of his fellow beings by a river or under a tree, okay? So it's difficult to admit simple desires of the heart because we feel they aren't allowed and they will bring um, and then we feel that these things cannot bring value to people or cannot bring benefit to anyone. Only if I have a neurologist, I can. You know, how can my love for a flower or my love for, you know, being under a tree or a river bring value, right? We think that to be a lover, a poet, an explorer of shame, a cloud watcher, a wall artist, a comforter or a listener is not only less honorable than being someone the world recognizes as valuable, say a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, or a professor. But we also think of those things as useless, that it has no significance and brings no contribution to people's lives. And my question is, what if, what if that wasn't true? What if people around us 
wanted more presence, more comfort, more cloud watchers and river gliders, more listeners, and more of those who could simply witness our grief, our dreams, and our love. And when we are willing to believe in that, we then take off all those layers of our imagined personality, our imagined vocation, which was made up by shame. We become exactly as who we once were, our authentic self. And being so, we can then create as the real creators. We create 24-7 when there is no fear if any of our content will be uh, done with, will be over, <laughs> if we just keep putting them out. Because this is who we are. We, it will forever continue to emerge and flow out of us because that is our natural state of being. Isn't it? Inside ATIPS, I ask every single coach to think like a fountain, to think like a stream, to be in the most natural, fluid state of authenticity, devoid of any pre-decided form. That which only takes a form when it becomes a river. That's your authentic self. And when you are that, your natural state is to give, is to be generous, is to create value and create it from, um, from, from the state of who you truly are. This is what is value creation. When you believe anything and everything you are is what the world desires to have at this moment. Everything that you are, what if the world desired exactly that? How does one love the world otherwise without acknowledging that they were and are always enough? And that is what allows you to be 100% in service because there is no end goal. Great value automatically creates great service, isn't it? Which further simply brings in more and more abundance because people are ready to pay you simply, simply to be in your presence, to be witnessed by you, to be seen and known by you, to vibrate where you are vibrating. That's it. And that's what I call as the vast triangle, value that comes from radical authenticity and allows to be in 100% service. V for value, A for authenticity, S for service. Isn't that beautiful? And to experience and embody it fully, you have to get inside ATEPS as soon as possible. So if you are not inside ATEPS, after listening to this episode, you better come. <laughs> yeah. So it's high time now. We have had already, you know, uh, three uh, weekly coaching calls and there's a ton load of resources and material inside our membership portal. And just in these three weeks, people have not only experienced massive transformation, but also slipped into this beautiful sense of ease and love and comfort in being who they truly are. So the trick is to go to my Instagram, which is at Dr. Gaurav Deka, and click on the link in my bio. And the first tab reads eight apps. So join it today. And I am going to see you inside it. Thank you so much for listening. I will meet you next week. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are willing to change your business and money reality, head to my free coaching community on Facebook called You Are Money. Link is in the show notes. And do not forget to leave a review on Spotify.com or Apple Podcast. Thank you so much.